Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. This is my favorite time of year. I love the spring. The days are getting longer, the weather's getting warmer, and kids are spending more time outdoors. But with springtime and season for hiking, grilling, gardening, playgrounds, and outdoor fun, spring also comes with occasional bumps, bruises, bites, rashes, and falls. So I'm going to talk today about how parents and caregivers can help their kids avoid injury and keep them safe this spring and into the summer. So, you know, springtime comes with some hazards. Obviously, there's some common springtime injuries, and we can take a few minutes to just kind of focus on safety in general. So I'm going to be just dabbling on a few subjects here. Let me just start with the most important rule for springtime safety, and that is that every child needs supervision. (laughs) So with that said, one thing that we don't really think about are windows. So warm weather means open windows. And young children ages four and older, or even younger children, um, are, are four years old and even younger children than four are at greater risk of window falls and are more likely to sustain very serious injuries or die. And that's according to the Journal of Pediatrics. Now, I don't mean to be a bummer, but there's ways to prevent window falls, move furniture away from windows, install window guards or stops, and don't rely on screens. The problem with screens is that they can get loose. They could not hold the weight of a child, for example. Yeah, screens keep the bug out, but they don't keep children in. And another thing to consider is, uh, you know, kids can fall from windows that are open as little as five inches. So this is a significant issue and just something to keep in mind when you're opening up those windows and letting the fresh air in. I also like to spring clean and get my gardening going this time of year, but there are hidden hazards in like cleaning products and gardening products like fertilizers and poisons, etc. So according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, approximately 2.4 million people, more than half under the age of six, swallow or have come in contact with poisonous substance every single year. A child might think something that is poison is ingestible, especially if the, you know, if you've placed it, the cleaner or the poison in a bottle that resembles like a drinking bottle, for example. So even a small amount is enough to harm children. So store all the cleaning and gardening products in their original containers up and out of reach and trade in heavy-duty cleaner products for anything that's non-toxic. And make sure your child doesn't get near the poisons or products you're using while you're actually in the middle of the project. I'm going to tell you the poison can 
Poison Control Center's number, and it's always good to program that in your phone and, you know, your cell phones or have it up somewhere and have it up somewhere. And that's 1-800-222-1222. So I want to tell you a little story about my husband, John. When he was two years old, he drank Drano. And he did some significant damage to the inside of his esophagus. And the sad part about the story is that they didn't, not only was it sad that he drank the Drano, but also that they really weren't sure what he drank. And so they gave him syrup of Ipecac, which of course causes you to throw up, which did more, just as much, if not more damage coming back up. Now, I could do a whole podcast on his story, but I'm here to tell you he's he is doing very well. And thankfully, because of some wonderful nurses and doctors that took care of him and the persistence of his parents to make sure he got the right care, as well as his family, who for years helped take care of each other as well as him while he was recovering. So don't take it lightly, just like open windows Make sure these these products, these regular household products that we use are away, up and out of reach. Grilling. I never really thought about grilling. Like before lighting up the grill, make sure you think of safety first. So the best thing that you can do is get down on your hands and knees and access potential dangers. Like put yourself in the position of a small child. If you see something that looks like it might be enticing around the grill or even in the backyard for that matter, ask yourself, could this be a danger to my child's safety? Keep kids away from grills and establish what I call a safety zone that's at least 10 feet away from the grill. It could be a fun game that they, you know, that this is where their safety zone is and they have to stay out of that area. By taking this safe measure, you can reduce the risk of the child touching the grill or getting severely burned themselves and always make sure that they have shoes around the grill. You know, charcoal from grill can be really hot um, and can in- increase the likelihood of a child, you know, getting getting burned. Other things to think about, too, when you're grilling are the sharp utensils because they can fall on the ground. Kid could get a hold of them. So wearing proper footwear can reduce puncture wounds, for example. When I was a child, my mom had a riding lawnmower. Now, my future self is going to laugh because I used to I remember sitting on the lawnmower with her. Of course, I didn't wear a helmet. And God bless you, mom. I love it. But it's, it was dangerous. I mean, I should not have been riding on the, on the, um, power motor lawnmower, you know, with her. So each year children get severely injured by lawnmowers, the AAP says, but most of these injuries can be prevented. And what the AAP recommends is not letting children under 12 use a walk behind motor mower and not allowing chill children under 16 to use a riding or be on a riding lawnmower. Never let the child use the lawnmower without proper shoes at any age. Boots and closed-toed shoes are so important. Safety goggles, glasses with side shields keeps the eyes protected and make sure that the lawnmowers have an automatic shutoff. Before mowing, pick up anything in the lawn that could be a potential safety hazard, such as like rocks or nails or, you know, anything that could be projectile to or and harm a child, whether they're 
you know, older and they're cutting the grass or a small child nearby. And be aware of the surroundings while you are mowing. You can't see 360 degrees around you. So make sure children are indoors when you're operating a lawnmower to reduce the risk of injury. My son Ben and I were having a conversation this morning about letting kids do some risky things, you know, within a safety measure. And I will tell you that I will admit that I did have a trampoline, but just keep in mind, they can be fun, but they are extremely dangerous and thousands of children are injured on trampolines each year. The American Academy of Pediatric advises against trampolines for home use, but these are the, oh, it does offer precautions if a family chooses to use a home trampoline. Insist on adult supervision at all times. My kids were not allowed to go out on the trampoline unless there was an adult present. We were only allowed to have one jumper on the trampoline at a time without exception. And no flips, no somersaults. Basically, you could jump up and down. We checked the padding. We made sure that the trampoline was in good condition. The padding was appropriately placed and that all equipment was checked often, repaired, replaced immediately when needed. And we also had a screen around our trampoline that also had that we checked safety measures as well to make sure that kids were not flying off the trampoline. So as I said, it's recommended not to have trampolines for home use, but proceed with caution and follow those strict rules. I love hiking outdoors. I love walking outdoors, but, um, and it's a very popular springtime activity, right? But be prepared, you know, wear appropriate footwear and clothing, make sure you pack extra water, get your sunscreen, get your insect repellent, first aid kit. Doesn't take much. You can put all those things in just a simple little uh, bag and plan ahead. I went on a hike on a recent vacation and I did not, I, pl- I brought my sunscreen, I brought my water, but I did not bring um, any insect repellent, and uh, boy, was I sorry about that. But plan ahead for bug bites, like I said, stings. Also watch for plants that can cause rash or an allergic reaction, and be aware of your exposure to sun, heat, cold, wind, or water. Of particular note, I also want to mention streams. You know, in the winter, those streams are not moving as fast. They're lower, you know, they're not as high. But as the spring comes and summer, these streams become higher, faster, and they can be cold. And kids should really keep away from running water. And also watch for loose rocks that can get dislodged and unstable as well. Now, let's say you do find yourself in an injury situation. A lot of times people will ask, well, do I use the urgent care or the emergency department? Because accidents do happen. And here's what I want you to think about. If your child or teen needs immediate medical care for something serious, some serious injuries, options for care can be very complex. So you need to assess the severity of the injury or the illness. In general, if you're worried about their altered mental status, disfigurement, large lacerations, concussions, or loss of consciousness, absolutely the child should be taken to the ER. If a child becomes injured, though, take a deep breath, first and foremost, because we don't want two patients in the emergency room instead of just one. 
And you should be as calm as you can as you assess the situation and act in the best interest of your child. Remember, if your child's injury or illness is life-threatening, please call 911. I'm going to talk to you about playground safety because I do think that this is important. But before I do, I like to talk about something called stranger danger. So how do we talk to our kids about stranger danger? How do we find out ways to avoid sending mixed messages about strangers? Because when you're out and about with your child, it's not unusual for someone to notice your adorable child and want to engage with him or her. And the stranger may ask questions such as, what's your name or how old are you? I found my husband the other day saying to this little girl at a restaurant as we were waiting for a table, I like your shirt. And boy, the look on her face just reminded me that this is an important topic to talk about because we want to teach our children to be polite, but we also want to teach our children that they shouldn't talk to strangers. And and how do you do that? So Teach your child about strangers that can hurt them and strangers that could potentially help them in an emergency situation. Just saying don't talk to strangers, which many times is a mantra of many parents for generations, can be just such a blanket statement. And what we need to do is teach kids when it's appropriate to talk to strangers and when it's not. It's important to talk to your preschooler or, you know, school-aged child about this because when they're out with you, it's fine to let them say hello and talk to new people because you're monitoring the situation and you'll protect him or her. But if your child is alone and approached by a stranger, your child should immediately tell you or another trusted adult. Tell your child if a stranger ever approaches and offers a ride or treats like candy or toys or asks for help, like such as finding a lost dog, your child should step away and find a trusted adult if they're not with you, such as a teacher or a child care worker. When our kids were growing up, we taught our kids a family code that was completely unrelated to our home, our address, their names, their birth dates, etc. That way, if someone approached one of our kids and offered them a ride, for example, they knew whether or not it was safe to go with them. Like in, let's say there was an emergency, family emergency, then with a stranger, with somebody who knew the code versus somebody who didn't. And also make sure that the code is not like dog names and and so on. Thankfully, we never had to use that code. Most kids are likely to be wary of strangers who look mean and, and appear frightening. But to tell the truth, most child molesters and abductors are regular looking nice people and may go out of their way to look friendly and safe and appealing to children. So instead of judging a person by appearance, teach children to judge people by their actions. Perhaps just as important, encourage kids to trust their own instincts. Tell them that if someone makes them feel uncomfortable or if they feel like something is just not right, even if they can't explain why they should walk away immediately. But what happens if your child, your kids are alone and and need to approach a stranger for help? You're talking about the difference here. So first they should try to find a person in uniform, like a police officer, security guard, or store employee. If there's no informed, you know, uniformed people that they can see, grandparents, women, and people with children may be able to help and remind them about their instincts. If they don't have a good feeling about they, that person, they should not approach them. 
Teach your children it's okay to ask strangers for help, say to use their phone or call 911, but they should never go with the stranger. The important thing to remember is really kids should never be left alone and unattended. And I realize that that's a very simple thing to say, but not so simple in certain situations. So being mindful of that is so important. If your child should separate you for any reason, it's important to teach them about appropriate behaviors and what they should do if they're ever approached to keep themselves safe. So let's get on the playground for now. And it's a great way for your children to get outside, to release some energy, to enjoy the fresh air and play. And there's such a common, a great community gathering place for not just children, but adults as well. For many families, going to the playground is what kids ask to do most of the time. That's their number one request. And it's also critical for a child's development. Playgrounds offer a variety of equipment such as swings, as you know, slides, monkey bars, etc. And your child can use these things and practice to grow and develop their physical as well as their problem-solving skills. Your child could do all sorts of fun things while at the playground from running and playing um, with a game of tag with other kids to swinging on swings or climbing a tree. But while playgrounds are excellent source of fun, they can lead to that's a big source of injuries, like I mentioned. Many accidental injuries happen on playgrounds due to equipment that's in disrespair. So improper use of this equipment or not being under the supervision of a responsible adult can, can cause injuries. Even though most injuries that kids experience on the playground are just minor scrapes and cuts, it's possible for your child to incur a more serious injury, such as a fractured bone, dental injury, or even a concussion. And by following these simple safety precautions, you can lower your child's risk of experiencing an injury on the playground. Now, some of these are going to seem like, well, it's a lot of work, but they really only take a couple minutes and they, they're pretty smart, I think. I didn't make them all up. I did some research here, but keep in mind, I think that they're, they're great. It's great advice. So how do we make sure the playground is safe? Before your child starts to use any equipment on the playground, take a brief walk through the area. Make sure the playground is secure and free of obvious dangers such as broken glass. Oh my gosh, or used syringes is what I read. Crazy. Check the type of safety surface and determine whether there's enough shock absorbing um, surface that if there was considerable impact that it would prevent serious injury in the case your child should fall. Avoid playgrounds that are on concrete, asphalt, dirt, or grassy areas. These materials will not absorb the impact of a fall and could lead to more serious injuries. During your walk around the playground, also look for signs of damage to broken equipment. Look for hardware that could be loose or missing screws or bolts. Check for rust. Give the guardrails a nice little shake to make sure that they're securely attached. And look at the platforms of like slides and climbing structures, you know, and make sure that the railings are secure to protect them from falling. I remember poor Gabriel. He, I remember he was at the top of one of these metal, because that's pretty much all they had way back when, uh, slide. And poor kid, he, I saw him fall backwards. So instead of going down the slide, fell backwards. Of course, we were in the emergency room getting stitches right on the middle of the back of his head. And at 30 years old, he still has a scar. 
Also look for tripping hazards, you know, tree roots, loose step stones, rocks. They can be shifted out of place because we know they run around like crazy, right? Choose appropriate playground equipment. You know, developmentally, kids could get hurt on a playground because they're using equipment that's not designed for their size or developmental level. So they can get hurt trying to use equipment for children who weigh more or less or are taller or shorter than they are. So look for posted signs about the recommended age um, recommendations for that equipment. And some playgrounds have separate areas for children age two to five and for children age five and older. If you do have toddlers, seek out playgrounds that are designed for those kids, for kids with young ages. Allowing a small child on equipment that's designed for much older kids increases their risk for falling. The rails and straps may not be able to secure a child who is smaller or lighter. And similarly, old kids may be able to climb right on top of a structure and risk falling from high altitude. If your younger kid expresses an interest in playing on the equipment for big kids, just guide them to another activity. I don't know if you remember the old at, uh, saying that I told that my grandma used to say, better they cry than you cry. Even if your kids are unhappy about not being able to do what they want to do, it's not worth them getting hurt. Do your best to guide your kids on the equipment that is best suited for their age and their size. Now, when you go out to play, make sure you're dressed for play before leaving the home. Make sure your kids are dressed in clothes that'll keep them safe and comfortable. Most playgrounds are pretty dirty and muddy, so dress in clothes that you don't really care about or get stained or torn. Many types of clothing, though, can be an endangerment to children on the playground, so you want to avoid clothes that are loose-fitting, that could get caught uh, or snagged on rails and posts, and they should never wear anything around their necks at risk of strangulation. So if they have a necklace, a scarf, a helmet, these should all be removed and set aside before your child plays. Your child should wear closed-toed shoes, just like I mentioned, with tight laces that won't come undone. And another option is to wear, you know, shoes that maybe don't even tuck at all, but are closed-toed. Avoid flip-flops and sandals. And I had this one kid come to the office one time, ripped his whole tiptoe mill off from being on a playground with a... Um, with flip-flops. These types of footwear, they just don't protect their feet if they're going to get injured. And don't forget to put sunscreen on your kids. Um, you know, even on cloudy days, it, you want to avoid painful sunburns. If you remember at the beginning of all this, I said the number one rule to keeping your kids safe is really supervision. It's the simplest and most important way to keep your kids safe on the playground, to keep your eyes on them at all times. A good rule of thumb is if they're a toddler or preschool age kid, keep them within arm's reach. You may even need to get on the equipment with them. If they do get injured, you'll be right there to respond and assess the scope of injury. Standing close to your kids on the playground may also help prevent them from wandering out from that area or getting lost. Now, your presence will deter any child predator who, from talking to your kids or trying to adopt them if they see that you are around. Now, older kids, they probably won't want you standing right next to them the whole time. And that's okay. You can observe from a respectable distance and only come closer if you see that your child is in a dangerous situation. But for children of any age, you can intervene whenever you feel like there is imminent danger. Guide your child 
to another place on the playground. Explain what the danger was so that your child understands the change in activity. So remove them from the situation. Let them calm down a minute if they're upset and then just explain. You know, I mentioned that there's also not only does it help develop them physically, but problem solving and playing games, but it can also be a common site for fighting and bullying, and your presence will keep that area safe for everyone. Now, we talked about how to dress. You want to be mindful of the weather, too. During the summertime and spring, playground equipment made of metal and aluminum can get hot enough to burn someone's skin. You could test the temperature on the swings and the slides by just pressing your hand on it. If it feels too hot, keep your child off it. Even plastic swing seats can get hot, especially if they're made of dark metal, and your your child's skin can get blistered and burned with mere minutes of touching these hot materials. Playgrounds with partial shade, I would say, are the best ones to look for. And make sure you have a lot of water to stay hydrated and watch for puddles on equipment if it rained recently because they can be slippery. One of the things that I always tried to do with my kids before any situation, but especially before going out to play, is we would talk to the kids. We'd set rules and expectations for the visit. We'd explain to the kids what they're allowed to do and not to do. We discuss potential dangers such as pushing others or not looking where they're watching, and we talked about what they what could happen if they did get shoved on the top of a slide. Explain to your kids that they may need to be cognizant of the space around so that they don't get kicked in the head by somebody on swings. Have you ever had that happen to you? Keep your eyes on your kids to make sure that they're following the rules you've set and encourage good manners, taking turns, and sharing. Let your kids know that injuries can happen and that these can be prevented. And although the playground can be safe, similar to the safety of your home and at school, there are some rules that they have to follow, just like at school or at home. You might even consider showing your kids how to use the equipment, especially if they've never tried it out. So playgrounds are a great place where kids can play and stay active, breathing in the fresh air, but keeping your kids your eyes on your kids and setting the rules in advance, you can help ensure that each visit to a playground is a safe one. Understanding how to play safely, how stranger danger, how to keep your home safe during the skills, and teaching your kids um, great skills and, and playing, you know, developmentally, being kind. are These lessons are things they're going to learn throughout their whole life. And maybe someday you might even see them telling their own kids. I have always been known as the safety girl. That's what they called me at my house. But I will tell you with all of these precautions, although some of them you probably already know, hopefully you've learned a few new ones. It's just going to make for such a better, safe spring and summer and keep you out of those urgent cares and ERs. So thank you for listening and don't forget to follow me wherever you like to listen to your shows like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And hey, let's grow up together.